surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready to talk sports with Daryl. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver. Daryl knows the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now here's Daryl. And welcome to Sports Info UM. You know, last week, you know, um, Ty Lu, his birthday was, I think it was last week sometime. They had a big old birthday cake with the Lakers. It was a Lakers birthday cake. Can you believe that? This dude had a Lakers birthday cake. You know, he didn't even work for the Lakers, hadn't accepted a job. It, you know, that's an old saying. So don't count your chickens before they hatch. You know, but I think he was really kind of counting his chickens a little bit before they hatch. Because maybe, maybe, maybe LeBron James had told Ty Lue, hey, man, you got the job. You know, I've been on a couple of those kind of job interviews. You know, you, you, they tell you before you leave, hey, Daryl, you got the job. All right? We got to interview a couple more people, but you the man we're going to take for the job. And I've, and I've had a, a couple of those interviews in my lifetime. They're really nice to have. And maybe Ty Lue had had that interview with LeBron James. But he, not, he didn't have that interview with, um, with Miss Buss. Hey, so. But anyway, LeBron James and Ty Lue got together. And maybe he told Ty, hey, man, you're going to be our coach next year. You the man. So Ty Lue had a birthday party, had a Lakers birthday cake. Man, that's, that's something I'd never seen before. But hey, I ain't mad at it for having a Lakers birthday cake. I guess I'm not, but I'm sounding kind of, kind of really, really like, why would you have a Lake? You know, and maybe he played for the Lakers. Let's don't get it twisted. He was an assistant coach for the Lakers for a long time. But the Lakers hired Frank Vogel. Now, I, you know, Frank Vogel. He's been around for a while. You know, Frank Vogel. He was. Um, he coached a few years with Indiana. Uh, he's he was the last three years with um, Orlando. I don't know if he made three years with Orlando, but he is a new coach for LeBron James. Now, the the story is that they have Jason Kidd on staff with them. Uh, come on, man! I don't you know I don't think I would want to be. I don't think I would want to have a staff and they've already predetermined my assistant coach. You know, you don't get to pick your assistant coach. That's already been determined. You know, Jason Kidd has been like the assistant coach for whoever took the job. He was going to have to be the assistant coach. You know, Ty Lue said he wanted five years. The Lakers only wanted to give him three years. Vogel took the three-year deal and he taken Jason Kidd as his assistant coach. And I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing works out with, um, with Frank, Frank Vogel as LeBron James' new coach. You know, it's going to be a long summer in L.A. You know, and, uh, and I, think, I think we had to see a little bit of the writing on the wall when Magic Johnson stepped down. You know, Magic Johnson, and, and I, heard, you know, I, I heard this today from one of Magic Johnson's really good friends. And I can say that from the 80s, this guy was one of Magic Johnson's really good friends back then. And you never really heard anything about him and Magic Johnson having any kind of riff or any kind of beef. 
But who who has Magic Johnson had any kind of beef with? You know, if anything, Magic is always going to try to push it on the rug of any dis, dis, um, disagreements he had with anybody. But Arsenio Hall was on the radio today, and he said, you know Magic, Magic wants to be a boss. And if he's not a boss, he is not going to be a part of it. And I could see that with the Lakers. I could see where he realized that, that you know, his position that, that he thought he was going to have with the Lakers had changed. And I, I know it had to change when LeBron James comes in a time with his posse and his crew. Come on, man. You know, LeBron James, bring, he bring a group of people in with him. It's not just LeBron. No, it's LeBron and his posse, his crew, his connections. You know, and, and Magic realized that, hey, 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 this might be a little bit more than... I want to be a part of because I can't be a boss to these guys right here. They 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 got more power than I have, and I don't know. Maybe Frank bringing in Frank Vogel is going to make a difference, but maybe Jason Kidd is going to be that guy that relates to LeBron James. But what happens when they when they start out and they're they're in the bottom of the West? And LeBron James is maybe he's having a good season. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's struggling. Are they going to fire Vogel? Are the fans going to start crying for Jason Kidd because this is a, he's a name we recognize as a former player, as a as a um, as a triple threat possibility every time he went on the court. So I don't know if I was Frank Vogel, I would be very comfortable with being the coach of the Lakers. And who's to say that LeBron is going to hang around? You know, we haven't heard anything from LeBron. You know, uh, Frank Vogel was just hired as a head coach, I think, um, today or yesterday. You know, so I, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how this thing is going to work out. You know, because we haven't heard anything from the king. And what is the king going to say about this? You know, and is he going to send some encrypted message or is he going to um, or is he going to come out and have an interview or he's going to welcome coach Frank with open arms? I don't know. I don't know. It's yet to be seen, but I just don't see Frank Vogel as being the guy that take the Lakers to the to the playoffs in the wicked West that we see now. Man, I mean, this Western division is something something crucial. And I just don't see, um, I just don't see Frank Vogel taking the Lakers from basically being in the bottom of the, in the bottom of the Western Conference to being towards the top. I, I don't, I don't see that. You know, and, and when we look at the West, it's possibly two teams from the West that are a little bit worse than the Lakers. And that would be the uh, the Phoenix Suns, and I'm not sure. I, and and no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Sacramento is worse than the Lakers. I'd say the Lakers are much worse than Sacramento. So I really think the Lakers have a long, long, long way to go. And Frank Vogel is is not. I don't, I don't see him doing it. Um, they're not. They're not close to being as good as Dallas, even without Dirk Nowitzki. Um, their uh, Memphis is really still. Uh, a team to watch, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma Thunder, Utah Jazz, Denver Nuggets. No, these, this, the West is, is loaded. I mean, it's a lot of good teams out, out West. And Frank Vogel, he, 
he's pretty much played. He's been in the East his his entire career he, with Indiana, with uh, with well not I, I, well for the last two teams he's coached. He's been in the East, and I'm gonna tell you the West has just gotten they they play a different brand of basketball. Don't get me wrong, uh, Milwaukee Bucks have, have have come up and, and made a great showing, and I'm not so sure if um, if the Toronto Raptors are what we call a team that's ready to compete with these Western Conference teams, and and they're those are the two teams we're gonna find in the Eastern Conference Championship. You know, I'm talking about the Toronto Raptors and the Milwaukee Bucks. But let's get back to this LeBron James, Frank Vogel. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I, 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 I really see. I, I don't. I, I see LeBron leaving the Lakers before I see him going through three years with Frank Vogel. I, and I don't. And maybe, maybe this is all a setup. Maybe this is all a setup. Maybe LeBron James and Jason Kidd and they got this backdoor thing where uh, Frank Vogel is a coaching name and Jason Kidd is the is the assistant head coach. I, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I don't see Frank Vogel. I, 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 I just don't. I don't see that. I could be wrong. I, I, I really could be wrong, but I, I don't see it. And if this does work out, hey. That's good. That's really good. It's good for basketball. It's good for the NBA. And, you know, there was a story that at one point that um, if Ty Lue got the job, he had to hire Kurt Rambis as one of his coaches. Now, what's the deal with that? You know, I mean, Kurt Rambis has not been a good coach anywhere he's been. You know, but what's the deal with that? He's been out of being a head coach for like at least five years. I, I don't, I don't get this. Uh, I, I just don't get it. Uh, maybe Jeannie Buss is over her head with this, with this Laker thing, and maybe, and maybe the Lakers are really in, not in good hands. And you know, we see Magic Johnson leaving. We see them. Um, literally, what on on a coach? <laughs> let's let's be real. Let's let's be real. Um, Bill Walton's son wouldn't have been a coach for no team in the NBA if he hadn't been Bill Walton's son and had not played for the Lakers. And let's don't get it twisted. He was not a great player for the Lakers. He was a hustler. And a real and 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 a, a decent player off the bench, but he was not a great player. And like I said before, you know we got guys like Pat Patrick Ewan coaching a sorry Georgetown team, where he should have easily been a candidate for a lot of NBA jobs and applied for a lot of NBA jobs. Let him fail before you let a guy like Walton or let um, Vogel keep being journeyman in the NBA, coach, 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 different team, different team. Man, here's a guy like Patrick Ewing, like I said. He was on how many, how many bench? He was on the he was on a New York Knicks bench. He was on the Charlotte Hornets bench. And now he accepted a a, a a job with his alma mater, Patrick Ewing, who has not had a good basketball team in since John Thompson left. You know, so I'm I'm saying, and and here's a team. 
John Thompson, John Thompson, the third coach. Come on, man. Now we got Patrick Ewing coaching. And don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, bless you, Pat. I'm happy you got the job. But sometimes, you know, I, I just really feel like the NBA did Patrick Ewing an injustice by not giving him an opportunity to be a head coach. I don't know why. Still don't understand it. But uh, I really, I really know they did him an injustice by not giving him an opportunity to be a head coach. But hey, Frank Vogel, he's a new coach for the. Um, he he's the new coach for the L.A. Lakers, and this is even this is this is this is worse to me when I think about Patrick Ewing. Um, the former Michigan coach. John Beeline is leaving Michigan after 12 seasons to come to become the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. Oh, don't get me twisted. Cleveland Cavaliers are, 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 are a bad team. And it don't really make a difference. And they're probably getting him because they're getting him on the low. But they're giving him five years. Um, something the Lakers wouldn't give Ty Lue. And Ty Lue was once a former coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But when we look at this, man, and I'm sure Patrick Ewing probably would have left his alma mater, Georgetown, to go back and coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Maybe he wouldn't have. I don't know. The Cavaliers are sorry. I did mention that when I start talking about Coach John Beeline being a new new coach at Michigan, new coach at Cleveland, leaving Michigan, Michigan Wolverines, to become the Cleveland Cavaliers' new coach. And let's don't get it twisted now. Um, the Cavaliers are, 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 are bad. I mean, bad. Really bad. Probably the worst team in the East. I mean, them and Atlanta were probably the two worst teams in the East last year. But um, I don't think this guy's going to make them better. No, Coach Beeline, he was a good coach. He's never won a national championship. Played, I think he took the Michigan to the uh, national championship. But... Who is he? I mean, come on. I, I, and then you got to think, Coach, um, Coach Beeline is not a young guy. You know, he, he's, 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 a, he's not a young guy. I mean, this guy, come on. When we, when we look at um, he's been at Michigan for 12 years, and um, I don't know what his age is, but I'm going to actually find. Here it is right here. He's 66 years old. Come on, G-Mini Crickets. You think this guy, I, I don't know. And I can't say. I, I can't say. I can't say. But I don't see Coach Beeline relating to the, I don't see him relating to th this day and age hip-hop NBA basketball players. You know what I mean? Especially when you come from college. Man, them cats don't get paid nothing. You know, I, as a matter of fact, if he see if he sees some cats with some new with some new Gator shoes and a and a and a and a, uh, and a Fendi suit on, he may have to tell somebody. But guess what? Every day he's gonna see these cats with Gators, thousand dollar shoes on, twelve hundred dollar jeans, thirteen hundred dollar shirts, five thousand dollar suits. You know, come on, and they wait and and on top of that. Not only are they getting paid, and the guys that he just worked with for the last 12 years did not get paid a penny, these guys get paid 10 times more than you. 
20 times more than you. You know, you make $4 million a year. These guys got $160 million contracts. You make $4 million a year. They make $40 million a year. Come on. Come on, man. It's going to be really difficult for Coach Beeline. He might be making a beeline for the door about halfway through the season. And you can and make your question, will this guy even make, will he even make the All-Star break? I'm not so sure. I'm pulling for you, Coach, Coach Beeline. But I'm not so sure Coach Beeline hasn't bitten off a little bit more than he could chew. Because this is going to be a difficult task. You're going to a sorry team, and you've never coached in the NBA. You know, you've been in the college basketball for 12 years. Never coached in the NBA. Hey, I, I don't know. I don't know. They say he's been a wanted coach for a while. I'm still trying to figure out what's wrong with Patrick Ewing. I'm still trying to figure out why Patrick Ewing hasn't even gotten a sniff at an NBA job. I don't get it. And we give these guys jobs. And, and Patrick Ewing was on an NBA bench literally as long as this guy was coaching in college basketball. Now, if anybody knows the ins and outs about the NBA and an NBA franchise, I would think that Patrick Ewing would have an idea. I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Patrick. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm pubbing him up for the job. I don't really know Patrick Ewing. I know some people that know Patrick Ewing, but I don't really know Patrick Ewing. I just really think this guy has done enough for basketball. You know, you, I'm watching this guy play for Georgetown in the 80s. You know, winning championships in the 80s. I watched him play so hard for the New York Knicks and get so very close so many times with the Knicks and never win a championship. And here it is. He sat on an NBA bench for, I'm telling you, at least 10 years. And he has not gotten a sniff. And, I well, he has had some interviews, so he did get a sniff at an NBA job. But not nothing close to what you would think he deserves. Hey, guys. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'll let you know how long Patrick Ewing's been on the NBA bench before he took the job at Georgetown, a bad team. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. 
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, um, it's it's really interesting to see. We were talking, I, I was looking at a little bit of the NFL draft. And... Um, and it's kind of crazy. Some of these guys have already signed contracts, man. And uh, I, I think that's I think that's great. You know, when these guys sign the contracts um, early, early in their career, you know, um, early, so they don't have to do anything about this holding out. Um, I like that. I think that's a good thing. And I think this kid, um, Dwayne um, Haskins, um, with um, with the with 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 the Washington Redskins, you know he's already signed. He's he's already, he's already got a contract, you know. And I think that's I think that's cool. I, I really do. You know, hey, we got Rodney on the line. Rodney, Rod, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Daryl, how you doing, man? Man, loving this life I got, man. You know, um, guys, if those of you who don't know, this is one of my friends, Rodney Bellinger. Uh, Rodney lives in Georgia now. Former. Coconut Grove. He is a current Coconut Grove Hall of Famer, and I'm uh, really proud of him about that. But Rod was also drafted in the NFL, the third round by the Buffalo Bills. Played with Jim Kelly. What's happening, Rod? Oh man, just uh, calling in. Wanted to want to be a part of your show, man, and and talk about what you're talking about tonight. <laughs> I'm talking a little bit about everything, man. But uh, Rod, you know, I saw where this guy, uh, Dwayne Haskins, has already signed his contract with the Washington Redskins. You know, and I and I really think that's a good thing for him. And and you know, I think he got like four years, uh, five years, uh, fourteen million dollars, eighteen point seven million up front. You know, that ain't that ain't a bad that ain't a bad position for a young man to be in you know these contracts used to be a whole lot more for quarterbacks before they did this rookie rookie salary cap kind of thing yeah before they brought that cba uh we had some veterans that was complaining about rookies making a whole bunch of money coming out of college and the new cba came up and they changed it and cut rookie salaries and extended it to five years before they can negotiate a new contract once they come in the league. So, unfortunately uh, 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 for Dwayne, he's a first-round draft pick. But later-round picks, man, they they get hit hard by this new salary cap. So they got to play. They got to play at least five years before they can negotiate a new contract. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, let me give let me give you a, let me give you a, a a a person that got a contract in two thousand seven. Jamarcus Russell signed with the Oakland Raiders for sixty eight million dollars, and thirty one point five was guaranteed. And he didn't stay in the league what four years? 
And he never really, and, and, and those are one of the reasons that, that, that um, veterans really started complaining about guys like that coming in the league, making a whole lot of money, and never living up to what they were, what they were worth. Well, that guy was a bad example because for some reason he wasn't motivated by the amount of money that he got. He should have been so motivated. He came in camp out of shape every season and, and, and you know, he just couldn't uh, uh, catch on to the playbook. I mean, he had a bunch of problems. I mean, but he was naturally, the guy was gifted as far as his arm talent. But he just, man, he just ate his way out the lead. Yeah, he did. So, yeah. Yeah. so you yeah. know, but still, they're making a lot of money right now. Uh, the, the, the average American would love to make that kind of money. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Who who wouldn't want to make fourteen million dollars for five years, and uh, and eight point three five million up front? You know, um, that's that's crazy. Perfect example. I coached a kid, Lamar Miller, at Killian Senior High. He went to UM. Uh, they had a coaching change. Randy Shannon, Al Golden. Uh, he wasn't feeling Al Golden, so he left his junior year. Ended up. Thought he was going to be drafted in the, the, the first couple of rounds. Ended up being drafted in the fourth round. Stuck in the fourth round uh, contract for five years. He ended up uh, with the Dolphins and having uh, uh, some decent years with the Dolphins. Got uh, got picked up by the Houston Texans, and they gave him a nice contract because the, the final year in the Dolphin contract, he had a hell of a year. And he got a nice contract with the Texans. End up being an all-pro running back. Now, now he's in about his seventh or eighth year, and man, he's going to get paid. But how many guys get a chance to for longevity like Lamar did? You know, Lamar was a gifted, gifted athlete, and um, uh, uh, he is paid off for him. Yeah. And when you look at Lamar, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think of him as being a track runner, but this guy is, he comes from a track background as much as football. Funny, funny, funny! You said that I was also his track coach. <laughs> Lamar, was, yeah, Lamar right. was the fastest. Lamar was the fastest kid in Dade County. I yeah. had the I had the the two fastest kids in Dade County, Miami. And I took those kids to state with Lamar Miller and Keith Reeves. Keith Reeves is also in the NFL, too. He ended up uh, playing in the Alliance League. That new league was the best cone in that league. First player drafted back into the National Football. But that kid can run a 4 2 9. Uh, to Sean Taylor's, Sean Taylor's first cousin. So, you know, uh, those kids were talented kids. They just had to be highly motivated, and, and I think they are now. They, they're showing by Lamar's contract and what Keith did in the New Alliance uh, League. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, but, um, you know, when we look at these rookies this year, this guy, Callum Murray, he, he, he got a $35.2 million contract with $23 million up front. That's already guaranteed. Um, 
It's still nothing compared to what Jamarcus Russell got in 2007, $68 million. He got almost that much as what he got on his initial contract. He got that on the signing bonus. Not at all, man. I mean, you, you had guys like Reggie Bush, um, Vince, uh, the kid from Texas. What was the name? Vince. Um, Vince Young. Uh, Vince Young, they all got big contracts. Vince didn't live up to his contract. Reggie played through several contracts. He kind of uh, ended up becoming a specialty player and making a whole bunch of money. But, you know, anytime that money's taken away from the players, that's not a good thing. You know, especially when, you you, you know, you dealing, you're dealing with uh, uh, players that uh, laid the foundation for the groundwork for these big contract and free agency. I mean, you know, you can't go backwards on it. I know guys get frustrated and they see young guys make money, but you know, you 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 you, you can't fight against something that's uh, a, a, a good thing for all the players. But we at they're at where they're at right now. Uh, that kid, Kyler Murray, I think I watched that kid. I mean, I just paid attention to that kid. I had to see if he was what they were saying he was, and he's everything they say he is. I mean, kid got great arm. I mean, looks like uh, the kid from Seattle. He's like a spitting image of him, and uh, I think the kid's gonna be a great player. You see him being a great player, and I, and Rob, I'm not I'm not gonna dis, I'm not gonna dispute that. I just I just think sometimes these guys are are great players, get with bad teams, and bad bad athletes around them where they came from great teams and great athletes around them, and it's just it just sometimes it just don't add up. And this might be one of those cases where it might not add up. Because they just don't have a lot of talent on that team out there in Arizona. Well, they definitely rolled the dice. Even rolled the dice with the head coach. When you bring in a coach from from Texas Tech who got fired, and he goes over, he gets picked. He was an assistant coach, I think, at UCLA or USC, and they bring him in specifically to draft Kyler Murray because he fits into the type of scheme offensively that this guy coaches, I mean, they rolling big time the dice. Uh, if it don't work out there, I mean, they don't look like they're, they don't understand, they, they don't understand talent out there. But I think this kid, and this is just me talking, I think this kid is gifted enough where maybe not the first year, but the second year. And that'll give the team a chance to add more talent. This kid is going to be a special player in the National Football League. Okay. I, I'm going to trust you on that, Rod, because I really trust your football knowledge. Now, Rod, this kid, Nick Bosa, 278 pounds. He got $33.6 million for the same five years. And he got $22.4 million up front. Now, are the, are the San Francisco 49ers really taking a chance on this cat at 278 pounds? And he don't have that lightning speed coming off the end 
like we've seen some of these some of these defensive ends, but he's supposed to be a a speed rusher. Uh, I know you, you know this kid probably from a little bit about the South Florida um, football. What's up with Nick Bosa? He gonna be a bust, or is are we gonna see something real special from him? Because it took his brother at least two years to become a decent player. Well, pedigree wise, the kid, you know, he he he, he has it pedigree wise from his dad to his brother. Now he comes into the league. That first step, his get off, is definitely special. But the kid has. Some issues as far as injuries. I mean, he 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 quit school and yeah. dropped out dropped out of school just 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 to get healthy. So San Francisco they taking a chance as far as health health wise. Now now the kid's supposed to be healthy. I like the kid. The, the the couple of years I've seen him at Ohio State, he was a special. Pass rusher, but I think the kid is 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 is, is better inside than he is outside. His brother is an outside rusher, but this kid is is a little bigger than his brother, and I think that he's better suited inside. If they try to put him outside, I, I don't I don't know if if he'll be as great as he can be inside. He's a more to me. He's more of a three technique guy. You know, then then the outside guy, uh, uh, that's my that's my biggest concern with Nick Bosa with his with Bosa is that he's two hundred and seventy eight pounds. And I definitely don't see him playing inside. His his only shot is outside. But I don't and I think he could be one of those guys that I think he he could be a bus. He really could, because it's going to be a lot expected of him. Early in his career, especially at this position, well, defensive end, well, second pick in the, in the NFL draft. Well, fortunately for him, San Francisco went out and signed some guys free agent free agent wise from from Kansas, a uh, 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 couple of uh, player from Kansas City. That's a great pass rusher, and they already had some pass rushers. They dra- they got like five first round draft picks on that defensive line, if they don't show up this year, you know what I'm saying, they they didn't know what they were doing in the draft, but they, they depending on that, that front seven because I hear the back end is weak. So that front seven got to be strong and Bozo got to contribute this year. Yeah. I, I, I'm not so sure if he can I mean, you got D four. You paid D four eighty million dollars to come over from Kansas City. Kansas City and Kansas, yeah. C- Kansas City had problems on defense. And D is no young young guy either. You know, he's he's been around for a minute. And he's been yeah. around for a minute. He's been, he's made a name for himself. I don't know if he was worth eighty million dollars over five years, but that's what they gave him. And um, we're going to see what it pan out, pans out to be as far as San Francisco goes. But, man, that, uh, that, front, that front seven has, has to come, it has to stand out. Plus, 
they lost a first-round draft pick from Alabama that they ended up having to kick off the team. Well, speaking of Alabama, Rod, this kid, uh, Quentin Williams, was the third pick in the NFL draft, and I really think that this cat, this cat might be the best player in this NFL draft. He play, He's going to play inside. You know, a couple of years ago, um, the Jets went out and got that guy Williams from USC. And, um, you know, he's he's been he's, he's around and played some good football for them. But this kid, Quentin Williams, both of them together playing in the inside, they could wreck some havoc. The Jets do have a new head coach. And I think this cat might be the best player in this year's draft. Well, me, me as a as a kid, the Dolphins was my my favorite favorite team. Coming from uh, growing up in Miami, they fired Adam Gates, and Gates is the, the head coach. It remains to see if this guy can manage talent, especially talent that has uh, uh, personalities that come to the forefront. And, and, and make their and and make their opinion known. He has a tendency to get rid of those guys with opinions. I don't think he's going to be able to do that in New York. I think he's going to be managed better uh, in New York than he was in Miami. Just getting rid of talent like he did it was it was disgusting. So yeah, it was disgusting. We're going to see what happens because you you got players like Le'Veon Bell. You know, coming to that team, and yes. I, I want to see if Gates can, can manage can manage personality. And that's so true, Rod. He really had a struggle managing the personality, and and in Miami, ended up getting rid of some quality players, and um and and finally ended up losing his job behind all of that. Yeah. So. It's going yeah. to be interesting to see. Yeah. But um, before we let you, let you get out of here, Rob, because we're up against commercial, um, who, who's your who's your favorite pick in this year's NFL draft? Who you like? Who's your sleeper? Who you think is going to be the, the MVP of the 2019 NFL draft? Well, my, my pick, uh, un, un, unfortunately, I'm a defensive guy, I know. But my pick is, is on offense, and it happens to be uh, Tyler Murray, and I'm going to go with Tyler Murray. And I, I this kid is a special kid. I mean, drafted first round in baseball, got a, got a baseball arm, and I watched the kid to see if he – can throw the ball downfield, man. He showed me he can throw the ball downfield. And he scrambles not to run. He scrambles to buy time to make plays downfield with the passing game. And that's why it, it reminds me of Russell Russell Wilson so much. So I, I think this kid, he's the same type of athlete. And Russell Wilson was a baseball player also. True. So, you know, these – that's my that's my favorite pick in the draft, and I'm going to stick with that kid. We'll see what happens. Hey, Rod, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a part of Sports Info. You're on tonight's show. Hey, I'll talk to you. Much love, my brother. Same you, Dal.
I appreciate it. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we got some people holding on the line. We got Jerome. We got Red. We'll be right back after these messages. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. Call him today at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Or send an email to sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. You know, that was Rodney Bellinger giving us a call and talking about the NFL draft. Rodney was a third-round pick from the, by the Buffalo Bills in 1983 and Rodney also um, played with Bruce Smith, Jim Kelly, Andre Reed, you know, and, and man, his knowledge is endless about football and, and drafting and, ah, he's just a great guy too. And I'm going to tell you one of the things I love Rodney for, I'll never, never, ever forget. When I went to Miami, I was, man, I was like a deer in the headlights. You know, I'm from a little country town, one high school, one Winn-Dixie, and I'm in a city with 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 endless amount of grocery stores, red lights, and everything else, stars, and Rodney was one of those guys that let, let me know that, hey, man, it's going to be all right. You know, just chill out. Follow my lead. I ain't going to lead you wrong. You're going to be all right, and I appreciate that from him. I really do. Hey, we got Jerome on the line. Jerome, what's going on? Hey, Dad, how you doing, sir? Man, I'm loving this life I got, man. Loving it. Loving it. Hey, um, you know, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that um, it's a possibility LeBron James may never, ever go to the playoffs again. Strong possibility. Yeah. Because I think, it, it, well, I think they got the, the people. I think they got the weapons. But uh, I guess uh, he's going to have to be more like a Jordan in his later years, he was more of a facilitator than one who takes over ball games at the you know end of the game. Uh, right now, it seems like he's trying to take over those ball games and not letting the weapons he got Ryan and kind of work with him. Well, you know, I know, and some of those weapons around him are still still growing and maturing, and, mm-hmm. and I, I think yep. I think he's not he doesn't have a lot of confidence in those in those guys around him on that Laker team. And and yeah, and I'm not so sure if this guy uh, Vogel is going to be a good coach, a good match for LeBron. What you think about that? Uh, LeBron has had some run-ins with coaches. Seems like he has, you know, some 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 tendencies to not like the guys he's uh, been coached by. And I don't know if he's going to let this guy in to the point where he's going to buy in to his system and let, let the system work for the team. Or is he still going to be, quote, LeBron James? 
Uh, Vogel seems like he's, you know, had a good career, uh, but I don't know if him and LeBron can coexist and, you know, be on the same page uh, for the team to be successful. I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. And, you know, um, and who's to say that LeBron is going to stick around for, for three more years with, with Vogel? And then on top of that, you know, the Lakers insist that that um, Jason Kidd come with LeBron, come with um, Vogel as a as a package deal. Like, no matter what, if Vogel's going to be the coach, Jason Kidd is going to be assistant coach. Ty Lue's going to be the coach. Jason Kidd is going to be assistant coach. It's just crazy. I don't. I don't get this. And uh, I don't know if LeBron is going to stick around for this. And he'll be thirty-six, I think. Uh, they said this morning at that point. So now you're looking at a thirty-six-year-old man uh, in the lead. That's kind of old. Uh, and uh, they talking about uh, Jason Kidd being the head coach. Well, why hire Vogel if Jason Kidd is going to be the head coach? Why not go ahead and hire Jason Kidd? He's been a head coach before, so that wouldn't be nothing different. So. I really don't understand bringing Jason Kidd on as an assistant to set him up for the head. Uh, with that just telling you, uh, Vogel, that, hey, we're going to let you do this for two, three years and we're going to get rid of you. I guess that, that's what they're saying. You know, it, it sounds like there's some underlying factors involved in this thing. And I don't think LeBron is going to go for anything that he doesn't know the outcome of. If he doesn't know that in three years this is going to happen, in two years, this is going to happen. Next year, this if he doesn't know, they start popping surprises on him, oh, he's out of there, man. I don't think he's going to hang around for that. Yeah. Because I think yeah. LeBron James is setting himself up right now for life after basketball. You know, Space Jam, no, you're right. um, all these production companies and movie companies, HBO special here, HBO here, Showtime here. Come on. He's not, I don't, you know, when people start doing stuff like that, they don't spend the energy it takes to be the champion that you are because everybody's going to want a piece of LeBron James. You know how many guys want to retire and say, I blocked LeBron James' shot. And his shot got blocked mm-hmm. because he was focused on movies and HBO and Showtime more than he was the game that made him who he is. So, hey. And I ain't mad at him, really. He's he's done a lot for the no. NBA. Yeah, quite a bit. And he got that school that he started too. So he's being an entrepreneur and turning into you know a Magic Johnson type. Uh, and thinking about the career, because like I said, thirty six, that's going to be considered old, and he don't have too many basketball years left. So he's going to have to start looking at what he's going to do life after basketball. Yeah, he, he's going to have to. Yep, he's going to have to. So, um, you know, um, man, we had some awesome uh, conference games, um, semifinals. Now we're going into the mm-hmm. conference championships. You know, this guy, Joel Embiid, man, you know, he, he talks so much trash. He's not in the same <laughs> He's not in the same league as I'm in. He's not as good as I am. He think he's as good as I am, but he's not as good as I am. And all of that. And at the end of the game, he falling in. He falling in on Mark Casals, just crying, man. You know, crying. And I'm gonna tell you a story, on Jerome. I went to see my grandson play a championship flag football game on Saturday, uh-huh. and they lost. They lost by one touchdown, and he was crying after the game. And I, you know, I, I don't, and I, I had to walk up to him and tell him. I said, "Hey, man." It's some things in this, and this was after the game, after he had cried and all, they had played, the, gave the sodas out and the chips, and 
And, and they were bringing the trophies over and all of that good stuff. I told them, I said, hey, man, there's some things in this world that are going to make you cry. They're going to make you so sad that you are going to cry. Today, I don't even like Mother's Day because, you know, my mom is not around. And then my first right. Mother's Day without her, I just couldn't help myself from crying. And the thought mm -hmm. of that day really makes me sad right now sometimes. So it's going to make some, it's going to be some things in this world that's going to make you cry. But these games that we play, they should not make us cry. We should be happy that we were part of them and not, they sh this shouldn't be something that we, we, that we cry over. So I, I hope my grandson don't cry over another football game, but um, <laughs> I never cried over one. And I'm going to tell you something, I lost some heartbreakers, man. Two national championships, I lost a Sugar Bowl in 1980, 85, 86, yeah, yeah. and the um, Fiesta Bowl in 1987 against Penn State and Tennessee. Hey, Jerome, we got some other callers on the line, man. We only got a few more minutes. We'll get you out of here. Thanks for calling. Don't be a stranger. All right, Dan. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, Josh, we got, uh, we got Pete on the line. Pete, what's going hey, on, buddy? What's up? What's up, man? What's up, Daryl? Man, I'm loving this life I got, man. I mean, uh, love it. Sometimes I have to break my life down into milliseconds just to love on it a little yeah, bit more. Oh, man. I know what you mean. <laughs> what's happening, Pete? I know what you mean. But just like you said about, about mom, man, I mean, hey, yours, mine, hey, they're going home. And it's going to upset us, but we know that we got somebody that's behind us, and yep. he's taking care of them. And we just that's need to get out of here together so that we can make it where they are, you know? Yeah, that, ain't that are we, we going to talk about these guys? And, and man, I don't know what's up with, with all seven, man. What's happening? I don't understand. I, I don't you know about seven, So, Pete, what you like about the Jaguar? What's going on over there in Jacksonville? Anything new? Man, we can win games and Super Bowls and all that. There, this is this is the Jags year. This is the Jags year. I mean, and nothing but sky's the limit with Allen, Josh Allen, and 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 like you were saying, the Quentin boys. We got the Quentin boys, you know. <laughs> so you yeah, know, what I'm saying the brother. brother. Yeah, we got the brother. Hey. And, I mean, all I can see is the same thing we had in 2017 except for better. So we got somebody now at the helm that has beat Tom Brady. Huh? That's, that's being <laughs> that, motivated that by part. itself, in itself. Yep. Yes, that's sir. Hey, Pete, we're going to have to let you get out of here, man. We got some other calls online. We got Red and I think Damon behind him. Hey, man, much love for okay. you. Appreciate it always. Yes, Don't be sir. a stranger yes, here every Monday night. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, we we got uh, we got red red. What's happening? What's up, cuz? Hey, loving this life, man. What's happening with you? Are you uh, uh, are, are okay, okay, settling down in in um in Tampa with this dude Devin White, LSU linebacker? I thought what Green you would have been think? before him. What you think? Ah, we good. We good. We got all the pass rushers, bro. We good. We got all the pass rushers. You know what I mean? I'm 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 ecstatic about my bucks just like Cuz is about his uh about his Jaguars. You know what I mean? You know. But what's up with Tevin Smith? Cuz he said he ain't playing ball this year. What's up with that? 
Well, no, I mean, I thought he would have said that. I mean, you asked what's new with the Jags. Tevin Smith said he ain't playing ball in 2019. Oh, what up with that? You, come on, man. You know, you say, it's, you it's crazy some time how, off to how he can say something like that. You know what that is. That's a ploy for him to, to get a good contract. You know, he sat maybe, out for the Maybe, but you know what? You know what? I thought that too. But that's just a ploy to get more money, man. You can't blame him either. I thought that too, but you know what? I, after looking at Le'Veon Bell and the way he did it and everything, taking the taking a year off, taking the season off, and coming back fresh and stuff like that, I think that might become a trend, man. I think more players are going to start doing that, man. You know, whether it's over money or just themselves. He said it ain't about money. He said he's taking some time for himself. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. What we've seen in some of these NFL, with some of these NFL guys too, they have a set number of years they want to play. They have, they try and put their money up to the side, and when it's done, they're done. And and we might be seeing this kind of a trend where these guys take a year off, heal, yeah, it's better, a, it's a, it's a come back, sport, make man. more money than they did before they left. I can see this happening. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's you a grueling sport, man. So I mean, I, I, I see it. I, it's a possibility. But check this out. Turn it up. Turn the page to the NBA. You were just talking about Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. You know, and he do. He does talk trash. Talk talk trash. You know what I mean? But um, let me ask you this: If you was coaching the Sixers, and it's a minute and a half left, you got seven foot Joel Embiid. Where would you tell him to be? Would you have him at the top of the key, trying to shoot three pointers? Or would you put him on the block? I mean, you down by two points. Now, you can put it on Joel Embiid, but I'm going to point my finger somewhere else. I'll tell you later. I mean, I'm going to tell you, you, man. Coach, you know, Joel Embiid came you, out and if said you were that. Coach, if you were the coach, where would you have, where would you run that play? Would you have your big man at the top of the key? I'm hey. asking you. No, I would not. I'd, I'd All right, then. All right, then. I think he's doing he what his coach told him to do. Because the percentages he... are a whole lot better when he shoot the basket from two feet than when he shoot it from twenty from twenty Thank feet. You. Or so why is he feet? not under the basket? Come on. Why is he? Why is this? Why is this seven foot guy not under the basket? You know why? Answer me that. Answer because, me that. You can put some blame on Joel Embiid. You can put some blame on every one of those players that was out there. Jimmy Butler, all of them. But, but. What coach is is down by two and got that guy and got him at the top of the key? I mean, imagine Shaq at the top of the key with uh, down by two with a minute left. Patrick, you how would that look? Do that do, do that look right to you? That wouldn't even look right, would it? Yao Ming. Come huh? on, what, yeah. What would he? What he would Yao Ming be doing out there taking a three pointer at that point in the game, man? Come on, down by two. I agree with down you. Down by two. Could you imagine a, a, a Kim Olajuwon? At the three-point line Thank with you. seconds left in Thank the game. You. Come on, Thank you imagine you. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, my 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 some, number some, one player some in the history go of to the, players, the man, NBA, the leading scorer in the history of the game. Coach. That far this away from the basket. This is on their coach, man. This is on their coach, and believe me, if I can break it down like that and look at it like that, somebody with some authority is looking at it the same way, man. Believe me, hey, I don't think they're gonna be their coach next year. I mean, he straight up choked that. He choked, he, he choked that. Now, who, now, I'm going to ask a question. Who do, you, who do you like in the NBA championship? Is it Golden State or I like or Lillard, man. I like, I, like, I like Lillard, man. I've liked Lillard uh, uh, since these playoffs have started. You know what I mean? My, my, my Orlando Magic ain't in it no more, man. But I like Dame Lillard and C.J. McCullough, man. man C.J. McCullough might be playing the best ball in the playoffs right now. 
They play with a lot of heart, man. I'm telling you, man. Them guys play with a they lot of heart. They could not check him. They could not check him yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, Denver is tough. I think Denver would have been a more interesting shit. matchup with Golden State with that with that big center they got. I mean, yeah. they, they would have hey, to put. I mean, come hey, on, man. We got to get out of here, man. They tell them we got to go. I holler at you, bro. Peace. <laughs> this Sports Info year. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver will be back again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for more Sports Info UM.